Getting thrown it's to the wolves great. is is like, you know, within you know certain reason, you know, not to be like totally irresponsible, but when you just have to do something, it's usually. Well, see, but you see what I mean? That's the correlation to being like broken down on the road, or, or this happens, that happens. It's like, it's you're forced with reality, and it's just, you have to conquer it and figure it out. From the cubicle to the lab, the studio to the war room, climbing the corporate ladder or joining a scrappy startup, experience a day in the life of the jobs you want. This is the Experience a Day in the Life podcast. We interview professionals, entrepreneurs, and recent grads about what a day is actually like on the job, hour by hour, or as we like to call it, their adiddle, spelled A-D-I-T-L, which stands for a day in the life. This podcast will inspire you to gain experience beyond the classroom and launch a career of your own. We're your hosts, Chris DeBeau and Matt Poe. Welcome to part two in the two-part generational marketing series. In part one, we went through hour by hour in a day in Greg Witt's life as a youth brand and marketing strategist. In this episode, we'll take you through Greg Witt's career journey so you know what skills and experiences are necessary to land a job as a strategist like Greg. We'll also talk about the origin story of his book, The Gen Z Frequency, which is out now. And we're gonna reminisce with Greg on some good times and bad with his Good Times brand. Greg's skateboarding company and brand that he started when he was 16 years old. And we'll walk through Greg's experience working with prestigious companies and brands that's given him the right to call himself a youth brand and marketing specialist. Let's learn how he did it so you can too. You started as a teenager, your entrepreneurial journey, right? You weren't even in college yet. Shit, dude, talking about late 80s now. <laughs> We're going way back. Oh, yeah. Here we go. I started a company just because I just felt like there was a lot of areas underserved. And it was it was called Good Times. And then like, some of the like older mentors that got involved with us in the company, they were like, yeah, you, you know, everyone parties so hard. Like, just let's be taken seriously. Let's throw this kind of nerdy angle in. It will be called the Good Times Intelligence Agency. And that'll be like the name of our company and people think we're kind of weird. But then when like we show up, even though we're pretty much going to party harder than anyone else, <laughs> like they're going to have this like level of like taking us serious. Like a few years later, though, like I parted ways with those mentors and really started like running the whole thing by myself. And I was like, screw this intelligence agency shit. Went back to good time. He was running his company Good Times well before college, and when he got to college, balancing school and a company was not easy. He was very successful running a global brand at such a young age, and looking back, Greg realizes he did not appreciate his education as much as he should have at the time. And, and this is some good advice to, to young people, because I think I was we were pretty successful relatively quick, and so I just sort of felt that like I knew what was up. And I didn't really need to hear like teachers. I didn't need anybody really telling me like how to do business. I felt like I should teach them how to do international business. I had 70 distributors worldwide. I had $80,000 in revenue in a month. And I don't need somebody telling me something that's at the time even I thought antiquated advice, much less like look down on me. I mean, I remember 
like walking out of like certain math classes and just being like, just dropped the books on the floor and like left. A lot of that was arrogance too. It's like every type of opportunity that you have or we have to learn is is a good one. Um, it's just my story. Like I'm not a promoter of the renegade, like don't go to school and, you know, it's like just depends on on what your work, life, mission, need, you know, is. So I don't try to like glamorize this crazy stories. I mean, I got to say, I, I think the number one thing that I learned the most was interesting because we were always on the road and traveling. We were doing skateboarding demonstrations. Uh, I guess you'd call it servicing our retailers to help sell through the product. But at the point I was just, we were just going out to create havoc. But when you're on the road, like shit never went good. Like it never went right. It never went as planned. It went good, but it, it never went as planned. So, you know, you're like, oh, we threw a rod in the van. The engine's gone. No cell phone. <laughs> what do you do? Right. Buddy. And it's like all of a sudden, you know, you're, you've got a lot of time on your hands to learn some life lessons yeah. and to try to figure out, you know, like, what am I doing? And the best story too is like, I remember one time we 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 brought in like five hundred to a thousand of these decks or sweatshirts and a bunch of stuff. And one day there was like shelves filled, um, but tons of stuff. And then all of a sudden, like the shipping guy came, and all of a sudden it's like seven days later, and there's no more products on the shelf. I remember sitting there going, "Well, shit! Now what do we do? Oh, now we have to learn a lesson in inventory control." So now we're like, we actually have created an amazing problem, but now like we have to go back and go, oh, we, so I guess we have to like order this stuff again. Right. <laughs> when you're 17 or 18, you just say, oh, well, like go order the same number again. Right. That made tons of yeah. sense. Right. Shit, that paid for a whole entire European trip for five weeks <laughs> and some. And then all of a sudden you buy like the same amount and, and all the shops start telling you like, yeah, we want the new stuff. <laughs> and you're like, oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And then one of my business partners at the time, Graham Stanners, the Scottish dude, Scottish ex-pro skateboarder, is a super rad guy. Like, he had, he had this big list of, of accounts across the country. And this is like when all that product came back in. And I was like, what do we do now? And he like just, you know, just takes this big list. Of, and he sends me this list. It's like freaking, I don't know, dude. It's like, half a foot tall of this list and he's like drops it on the ground in front of me and he's all pick up the phone and start calling these people and we got like 5,000 shops you can be calling so I'm like oh yeah that makes total sense you know and I like I'm thinking yeah that's cool and like there's <laughs> right, no one else and right. I, I pick up the phone and I'm like calling the first one I'm like how my name is God like, I start freaking out. I'm like, what the hell, dude? This is nuts. I'm like, what do you even say when you call someone to like sell right. them this shit? Yeah. It was like, anyways, that was my sales 101. It was a cold yeah. calling lesson. Cold right. calling 101. Like I'm just in a dark garage. <laughs> I mean, getting thrown to the wolves is, is like, you know, within, you know, certain reason, you know, not to be like totally irresponsible. But when you just have to do something, it's usually... Well, see, but you see what I mean? That's the correlation to being like broken down on the road or, or this happens, that happens. It's like this, you're forced with reality and it's just, you have to conquer it and figure it out. 
So Greg was then recruited to work on brand activation and marketing for a boutique footwear company before he started his own consultancy turned agency, Premise. Premise worked with brands to help build positive connections between brands and youth, a lot like what he does now. And I was running Sense and later running Era Footwear. Um, That's when Nike came in, Nike SB came in and really figured out the the skateboarding like lifestyle fashion shoe and put those footwear brands and many other boutique footwear brands all out of business. Um, I went again to reinvent myself, started consulting with companies. I started consulting with Glasso Vitamin Water. I uh, was doing some um, action sports, youth and family services programs for the U.S. military. Um, and then I started working with landscape structures on uh, kids, youth product lines. And while I was in one of those you know, consulting meetings, the chairman and the inventor of the modern playground at Landscape Structures looks over the table at me and he's like, well, you, you and your team are, I had some people working with me, you're our consultants. And I was like, oh, I'm a consultant. <laughs> Sweet. I'm like, cool. I just thought I that worked with That sounds so company. official. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's, so that was like, okay, you know, where do we put these checks from these various companies? Yeah. We put that mm. into premise. Long, long story short, has evolved into a youth marketing agency premise. And we felt what we did, which is, I think, almost like some of the same sauce of today, is just immersion. So it was like, this is immersive marketing. This is grassroots meets, at the time, like MySpace meets events, meets, you know, different tools, different times, same shit that we're doing now. Greg wanted to develop his personal brand and build credibility in the space of consumer insights and strategy. So he started a professional youth market consultancy called Think With Wit. Through that company, he books and manages speaking engagements and workshops with an emphasis on fostering Gen Z and brand relationships. Think With Wit was always just, it's just me. Right now it's like way more active because there's like a book site around it and it's more like, okay, here's who I am. Like, why should you give a shit about anything (laughs) I'm saying, right? But it's more of just like my personal brand. Like, honestly, it's been me. It's been around a long time because it's me. But I've just finally like, you know, kind of like right before the book just kind of took my personal brand more seriously. Working on your own stuff is is hard, but it's super important, you know, because it's like you, you have to practice what you preach. You have to... And you have to stand out in a sea of not necessarily sameness, but in a sea of just a lot of stuff. And people have to like almost like just know like you're serious about any of these things that we do. Like, okay, being just on social enough, it's just it's not enough. You need to have like some kind of home base. Keep in mind, at this point in his career, he was working on project after project after project, bouncing around between different companies and offering his expertise in marketing and strategy. He also worked at Glassell Vitamin Water, now owned by Coca-Cola, as an influencer ambassador marketing consultant for the West Coast operations team. Then it was just being hungry. Every agency, every quote unquote consultant, because then I figure there was tons, thousands of those people out there, just were trying to get money from glass of vitamin water because all of a sudden it came out and it was super hot. The main thing that we just worked on was different strategies to what we had was water drops. What do you mean by water drops exactly? Water drops is delivering. Thank you. I'm full of this jargon. <laughs> so it's just delivering water to someone. Okay. Yeah. Water drop and water, you know, influencer marketing, ambassador marketing was just kind of at its like truth, its core root. 
you know, what does that word mean? It's like get product in the hands of the right people who actually really like it. But I think what was unique about everything with vitamin water is that we were going, you know, we were like, not, everyone was asking for money and we were just like completely avoiding those people. Who, like, who was asking for money? Any athlete, any musician, oh, okay, okay. any artist, like there was this whole group of big name people that were going, yeah, I want you to bring that over. Like, I want to do a deal with you guys. Like, will you talk to my manager? Will you, you know, just, yeah, like this is how much I would cost. And our philosophy was like, hey, thank you so much as a matter of fact. And we just had, a, there was a van or a couple of vans and it would just be like, okay, yeah, that the person that wanted money would basically, you know, sure, we'll just drop this water off for you. Let us know if you need anything, but. We would just totally avoid those people. And then we would just go to all these other people who were just like people like 50 Cent and Jennifer Aniston and, and Tony Hawk were like, hey, will you drop, will you, will you bring this, uh, will you bring this over? Don't even tell anyone. Just, I, just, like, I just love this stuff. <laughs> and then like 50 Cent obviously was like, I like tell them, I'll tell everyone. Right, <laughs> yeah. totally. And, you know, not a deal. No charge. Not a deal. Yeah. It wasn't a deal. None of those were deals. Those are real legit. That was cool experience because it was like, hey, Tony Hawk's like, hey, we want, I want to get some, send some stuff over to my house, you know, just like, I don't want to like promote it too much because like, you know, it's like years later, it, he won't kill me right now. Like, it's like, you know, this guy's like endorsed by milk. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like that, you know, we can't be like promoting the, uh, the vitamin water deal, but yeah. man, I want this stuff. And, mm. and, and this, this is hundreds of stories like that. And, it was effective, you know, we, and then, and then really everything else was just scaling these water drops and limiting how many of those water drops you gave. But it was mostly just here with your crew that will influence a, 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 a circle, which a smaller circle of true word of mouth. You know, the actual, like, in real world kind. That is pure influence. Just pure, yeah, yeah. For sure. pure, real deal. Still works plenty good today, but it would sell through. And that blocking and tackling, and I mean, like, that's it. There's nothing else. There's no other budget. Because in New York, you know, just to put context, which we didn't say, this was like, west of the Mississippi stuff. And then New York would do billboards and shit. Yeah. Okay. Like in New York, it was like cool, like all the way back to probably day one, it was, mm. check this out. No, west, west of the Mississippi, mm. water drops, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to go back a little bit. Um, you mentioned your work with Landscape Structures. Mm -hmm. That's a playground company, right? Yeah. Can you give an example of what they would come to you for? Like what they would ask you to help work on? Yeah. That sounds like it'd be really fun. Like, Man, to... honestly, it was probably one of the coolest <laughs> things I've ever done in my life. I get a call. My friend, Matt, this crazy kid. I can't remember how old he was, but he was like, this is company, Landscape Structures. They're building a skate park line. And for cities all across the world, they're like mega millionaires. They've got this like Willy Wonka factory. <laughs> and like, they're in Minnesota, man. And like, I don't even know what he's saying. <laughs> like, I, I can't even, he just knew that I ran companies and like I was this marketing guy and I knew like athletes and artists and musicians, like all this other stuff. And he's like, you need to come here and meet these guys. I'm just like, 
dude, this was like right after I licensed my skateboard brand, but it basically let all that die to go to footwear to make more real money. Then on that die completely <laughs> like rise like so high, making the most money you've ever made in your life to just be a non-existent boutique industry. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, so a little vitamin water, right. a little bit of this, a little bit, you know, like just cobbling right. these projects together basically. Definitely. And and I get on a, you know, I'm a phone conference, you know, I'm smart enough to know, let's do a phone conference, like figure out what? Right. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Right. Like, Cause my friend Matt's like not lying. I mean, he just doesn't know how to articulate and I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> he's going to kill me when he hears this, but he knows it's true. Like, I mean, we were both nut jobs, but he was just like crazier. And, and so I get on the phone and I'm, they're like, no, but we are launching a global skate park brand. It's going to be sort of, you know, fabricated, like the fabricated housing industry. And, you know, we're going to build these because the cities and, and government entities across the world have been asking us to make this. Like, this is a very state-of-the-art operation. And they wanted me to come in and I was like, yeah, it's cool. And I, I went in there and this, the funniest part about the story is I go and I go to their factory and meet them. And my, you can kind of imagine from meeting me now and knowing my persona today versus thinking how I was like 15 years ago, mm-hmm. like, dude, I had a dirty <laughs> shirt on. My, my shoes were like destroyed from skateboarding. Like I didn't have like other shoes. I was like, you want to fucking work with me? Like, this is who I am. Like, you got a problem? Like, right. fuck off. I don't care. This is what I do. And so my friend Matt's like, interestingly, my Matt, my friend Matt's like, you have to wear a suit when you come to meet these guys. You know, apparently he always wears a suit when he goes there. Yeah. And I'm like, Matt, I'm not wearing a not suit, a dude. I only, like, I have a suit from this funeral from my freaking grandmother. Like, so, do you know what I'm saying? Like, right, I'm not, I don't right. that's the only suit I've ever owned. It's not you. It's and not, yeah. he's like, no, dude, I'm serious. Like, did you hear those people? They're serious. And I'm like, oh, man, he's right. This is like. These guys are serious. This is a real serious thing. And all right, dude, I'm wearing the suit. I'm wearing the suit because of you. I respect you. <laughs> like, I will, this suit shit's dumb. <laughs> and I'm wearing the suit. I go to have this meeting. Incredible. Like, you know, go through this whole tour. Basically, I'm just like, oh my gosh, Matt. Like, wow. What did you just, you, this is pretty amazing. Like, this company is freaking other level. Long story short, everything goes good. We're getting ready to do this deal. In the end, you know, the two like co-founders, Barb and Steve King, they come in the room, you know, they're like, hey, everyone's really impressed. Like you really understood like what we need to do with our product, like where we need to kind of modify where our brand goes. The things that we've been working on for a couple of years that we could never even figure out. You really like hit the nail on the head. But there's a question that we have. I've been traveling all around the country, well, the world, but I've been traveling all over the country, going to these to skate parks and talking to people and I've never seen, I met some people that are really intelligent designers and people that know what's going on. They're even like professionals in that industry, but I've never, ever seen anybody wearing a suit. <laughs> oh my God. So he's like, I, 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 you got me there right. with the whole suit thing. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. I freaking ripped that suit off and I'm like, oh, you don't even know this guy right here, man. He's telling me I have to wear a suit. For like two weeks before coming here, and I'm like, oh, thank God. Did after that, did you wear, did you wear oh, your God, t-shirt? No. And- oh, no way. No. Dude, they so were laughing were- so hard. <laughs> and it was like, it was, but I'm the only reason like I say that is is there is a time for a suit, but I think the key principle is to be yourself. 
After 10 plus years working with clients through Premise, Greg partnered with Parker Whitebrand to create a new agency called Immersive Youth Marketing, a youth marketing agency with the mission of cultivating brand relevance with young people. But it wasn't all rainbows and sunshines, if that's what you're thinking. It was another one of those throw yourself into the fire and hope you don't get burned situations. But I, I spent a year just basically just like going, well, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And then I spent a year just going like, do I even do this work? I don't even know what I do anymore, you know? And then somebody was like, yeah, you need to, you need to submit on this bid. And I was like, oh, submit on a bid? I'm pretty much just okay being broke right now. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure it out. But I submitted on this this deal and I was like, well, shit, man. I mean, I don't really have a team. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And I'll submit on it, you know? Like, they, these guys asked me to do it and I, I was like, all right. And I really understood what to do and I submitted it and I won that bid. Well, what am I going to do now? And I was like, whoa, I was kind of nervous. And then all of a sudden, like, it be kind of became a little bit too good to be true. And it was like people in the higher ed company split ways. They had their own like weird combustion and the freaking head of the whole department, like called me up and he was like, Hey man, he's like, I'm impressed. He's like, I left for this and this and this reason, but I'm impressed. And I like, I would love to like try to work with you, you know? And I said, well, I'd love to tell you that I was the only one on the team that bid for that project. <laughs> so they didn't know. No. They didn't know. Oh, my no. God. Uh, that's awesome. And he's like, well, now I want to work with you <laughs> for fucking sure. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I mean, it's like, a, you know, it wasn't, you know, freaking bullshit. And I mean, I know I have all those people I can put into action. It's not like I'm going to try to run that kind of campaign by myself. It's just that everyone convinced me to do it and people, friends and you know, the actual company was like, I want you in on this deal. It's only three companies bidding. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. And, you know, I felt like we could add value and I knew I could, I mean, that's not a good lesson to teach, you know, young people to do, to do that. But I had 15 people ready to, to deploy for this. It's just, it was just the timing Definitely. more than anything, you know. I think it's I another example of uh, throwing yourself in the fire a oh, little shit. bit. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy, going. man. It was crazy. No one's ever heard these stories, man. No. But I don't really care. I mean, they're true. And and so I, I just I, – I worked with him. My friend Shane is his name. And we uh, went and shopped this new agency, which is Premise Plus, you know. Mm-hmm. We shopped it to a lot of companies and a lot of people were interested. And I talked to other – several brands about what I was doing and they were – they were pretty cool to work with us if, if they had openings. And, and then I met Cindy and Keith white and they just, I felt like they were more just not like me, but they were more like, they weren't super small, but they weren't really big. And they were more like understood what, what it took. And it was kind of like, yeah, you can build this agency here. And then I was like, okay, we did the deal. Uh, you know, like obviously long story short, but we did the deal and like, I couldn't call it premise, you know? So yeah. I was like, that yeah, was exactly. like already had its time. That was already a successful agency. It's a new chapter. I need to kind sure. of just be immersive. And then I was like, I think this whole immersive thing is good. Like, it's what we do. That was exciting stuff. Just worked with Autodesk, worked with, did the whole Walt Disney World social and digital strategy for tweens with that. And um, we just had a lot of really cool, like some really, really innovative startups. My job was leading strategy. I mean, it was really small. It was like, maximum 14 of us minimum nine of us it was just all hands on deck shit it's just it's nice to be in that sort of 
that under 50 above 10 people because you can the magic happens in that zone so that's bringing us to uh 2016 where you started at motivate how did that transition happen how did you find this opportunity i think that motivates always been really strong with uh, multicultural lgbt and they just started getting more and more youth requests on rfps and that's just how we bumped in we bumped into each other based on the need an RFP? RFP? Yeah. Uh, re- request Jinx. for a proposal, folks. Um, gotcha. I love the jargon. It's right when you think like all this stuff is just like normal speak. Right. Um, you find out it's not. No, just re- proposals. People, businesses who have needs, they'll issue a request for proposal. And that's how a lot of business transactions are are just done. And Motivate would just receive those and... We would collaborate on some and then long story short, it was just became like, well, if we're going to do this stuff together and like, would it make more sense just to do it all at Motivate? Why do it at Parker White? And I, you know, I was pretty loyal and I was like, gosh, I don't know that, you know, I'm not just going to like just waltz out of here. Like I didn't need to. I mean, we were still like, you know, whatever, dealing with the peaks and valleys of that business and just, you know, it was still growing. But they were, they saw that, you know, Motivate had a little bit, well, bigger, bigger clientele, a little bit more focused on the same consumer focused businesses, a little bit more into growing like this. And um, they were, gave me the blessing just to, to go. So it was a kind thing that they did for me and, and let me go. So that was it. Cool. But you had the relationship because you were working together on projects. With yeah, Motivate yeah. We started working together okay. on some projects. It made sense. Before we go, quick disclaimer. We just wanted to let you guys know when we recorded this interview, he was the EVP of Youth Marketing at Motivate, Inc. Motivate is an agency that specializes in segment leadership, customer insights, and media activation for reaching multicultural youth and LGBTQ consumers. With the success of his book, The Gen Z Frequency, he has since left the company to focus more on work with his book out now, The Gen Z Frequency, and his own youth marketing agency, Engaged Youth Co., That wraps up part two in the generational marketing series. Huge thanks to Greg Witt for sharing his wisdom throughout this experience, a day in the life series. If you haven't already, be sure to listen to part one in this series to experience a day in the life of a youth brand and marketing strategist. So they say you can't get a job without experience, but need experience to get the job. But luckily, we have quite the experience. You can join our team and experience a day in the life of the jobs you want by applying to be a student editor. Regardless of your major or amount of experience, this is the perfect stepping stone into any internship or career. Find more info and sign up at xadiddle.com slash students. That's x-a-d-i-t-l dot com slash students. Thanks for listening. Head over to exadiddle.com. That's X-A-D-I-T-L.com. There you can find the show notes for this series and more A Day in the Life articles. And you can get to know us and our guests more by joining our communities on social media. Follow at exadiddle on Instagram and on LinkedIn by searching for Krista Poe and Matt with one T Poe. If you learned something in this episode, please take some time to help our mission by leaving a positive rating and review of the show. Each week, we bring you a new interview series with guests from different jobs and different industries. In each series, we'll live a specific day in the life, hour by hour, and experience their career journey. So don't forget to subscribe.